The bandwidth for this episode of the AR-15 podcast is sponsored by Patriot Patch Company. PatriotPatch.co Welcome to the AR-15 podcast. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you. Whether you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years, there is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. You make this show possible by clicking through our Brownells and Amazon affiliate links. The next time you order online, go to AR15Podcast.com and click through our Brownells and Amazon affiliate links. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and a small portion of your sale goes to supporting pro-gun radio like the AR-15 Podcast. Support the Firearms Network as a whole by pledging your support at patreon.com slash frn. Welcome to episode number 135 of the AR-15 Podcast. Uh, happy you're with us. It's just going to be me tonight. Uh, I do have a special guest, uh, but Reed's going to be joining us again next week. We are going to get into talking about all things Mark 18. Uh, this is the shorter version of a, a standard military uh, program to shorten the M4. And uh, I've got one of my buddies here that I go shooting with all the time that knows a little something about the topic. Um, so we're going to get into this, how how the rifles started getting chopped and standardized into an upgrade kit uh, that was given to our forces. Um, for, before we get going, I want to let you know about a new source of cool products uh, from Jake and the crew. Uh, they are over at patriotpatch.co uh, where they've got a whole bunch of new patches that they're going to be shipping here soon. Uh, I know I've got the Gun Guy radio patch. It's real nice. It's one of those rubberized ones uh it's not just a regular woven one so they're they're a little bit fancier and i know that they've been doing a big pre-order here on the huckleberry patch and some of the stickers from the other shows uh so check them out at patriotpatch.co also we got the bullpup shoot coming up in mount carroll illinois that is on september 19th if you want some more information go to bullpupshoot.com and there's definitely going to be some frn personalities there uh, showing up to give a try on some of those bullpups and I think it's actually pretty wide open so you can bring whatever you want if you've got some bullpups great but otherwise just come out and shoot well let's get into this um I got my buddy Natter here Natter how's it how's it going you been to the range lately pretty good oh, actually I was out there last weekend last Sunday nice our, our monthly tactical shoot yeah um tell me a little bit about yourself what do you do for a living and uh how'd you get into this whole gun world well, well, for what I do for a living, I work for a video company that sells uh, storage and uh, networking for uh, production houses. I'm actually co-owner of it. Um, I've been involved in shooting for roughly five years now. I mean, I moved to PA, and I'm, I was like, kind of like, well, I'm actually from Florida originally, but when I was in Florida, I didn't do much shooting at all. I moved up here, and boom, got into it. Um, yeah, the culture is a little different up here. Oh yeah, uh, I've been airsofting probably for. 10 years and that's actually what got me into shooting okay was that like with buddies or was it during yeah. college yeah, or high here, school or yeah i met a group of people here and i started playing and we had like a little team going now i've seen um 
some guys kind of show up just for the day. It's their first time and they're running around in street clothes. And then you see some guys that are, um, almost adopting the personality of a unit. Um, did you kind of dive right into that? Yeah, we actually call those, um, gear, gear horse. Yeah, um, there you go. Most of the guys, like, they, they're emulating. They're not trying to act like a special forces guy or anything. They're just, they're emulating as much as they can of that unit, uh, replicating as far as, like, you know, the plate carriers and helmets and night vision. Yeah, believe it or not, there's a crazy amount of night vision. Um, and then it comes down to the primary rifles, secondaries. And they, they go as much all the way down to, like, the exact detail of the front sight post that they're using that that unit would use. Now, are guys spending kind of the same amount of money as you would on a full-on firearm on these? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, well, your average, you know, airsoft gun would cost you like three hundred to five hundred dollars. The ones that shoot really good, and the ones that are like you can really do some, like you can put real steel parts on, like as far as like rails and uh, you know flash hiders and all that. They cost anywhere from thirteen hundred to twenty six hundred dollars. Wow. So guys, yeah. take this pretty serious. Oh yeah. Is there um. I guess you don't really just call up a unit and say, Hey, what are you guys wearing nowadays? Um, where do you find yeah. out about stuff like that? Well, there's a lot of groups on Facebook and a lot, believe it or not, a lot of SF guys and, uh, and whatnot actually play. There's, uh, there was a couple of Rangers and a couple of the uh, impression groups that, uh, shared some pictures, not like exposing any OPSEC stuff, but like what they use in combat. And then you got like military morons, you know, he's got a couple pictures on there and you got militaryphotos.net, which has a ton of pictures of different units. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been seeing something. a lot of stuff on Instagram lately of Oh yeah. Either guys that are in the military as photographers or even just mm-hmm. commercial guys that tag along on training missions and you can see exactly what they're wearing. Oh yeah, everything it's, it's all out there now. Cool. So what um I guess what caused you to hop over from the airsoft world into actually shooting guns? Um more like return on investment and the fact that you know, if you drop a real gun, it's not going to crack in half. <laughs> uh, from most manufacturers, yeah, I think that's the case. <laughs> but um, and it just it's it's a better crowd, you know. I guess you know, now you're grown men acting like a bunch of GI Joes running around, even though some guys do gear up for uh, real steel shoots. You know, plus, you can accessorize them, and it's just like you're you're getting that total, you know, that feel. Oh, you know, I built an actual real deal MK18 versus you know. Six millimeter. You do have to pay the tax man though. Yep. Unfortunately. That's the way it goes. So, um, what sort of builds do you like to run? Do you have like a single rifle that you're always shooting or do you bounce between a couple? It's funny as I built, I built an MK18 mod zero, an upper, and it's basically hovering on two different lowers. Um, I built a, uh, the regular MK18 block two and, uh, out of all of them, I use my BCM regular BCM with the key mod. Like they just sit. I haven't used them at all since I built them. Mm-hmm. Even if they were full guns, I probably wouldn't. I don't know. I'm just tied to the key mod setup. Nice. Yeah, I definitely like mine too. I think ours are pretty yeah. similar. Slim and light, you know. Um, so you're dropping these words. You got the mod zero. You got block one, block two. Tell us a little bit about what those mean. Uh, I know we kind of looked up the history here, the CQBR. Um, so let's just dive right into that. Where did where did this come from? Is this um, like a whole new rifle? Is this something that came out of the field or out of a lab somewhere? Well, the Mod Zero was it was developed out of a NSWC crane, and it's it's basically a vanilla 
uh, M4, either in 14.5 or 10.3 flavors. Um, it's got a regular Knight's Ornament uh, drop-in riz on it. Um, there have been variations with the, like the LMT uh, carry handle rear sight that's been chopped down. I don't know if you've ever seen those before. Mm-hmm. And your Aimpoint Comp, Comp M2, and then your old school uh, Surefire M962 lights. Okay, so is this something that um, <clears throat> guys just started doing it in the field or it was handed out to them? Do you have any sense of, of where it kind of came from? Well, it, well, it was, it was, yeah, well, they primarily developed it for, uh, vessel boarding and search and seizure activities. Okay. How short it is and able to maneuver around ships and whatnot. So there were and guys then, running around with M4s kind of smacking into things and saying, hey. Yeah, I mean, full length M4 trying to clear inside of a ship is not going to be, uh, the MP5s and stuff like that are nice, but I kind of yeah. want a rifle cartridge. Yep. Cool. And so they, the program basically evolved from the vanilla M4 with the Knight's Armament drop-in rings to the Dan defense rail. Which is a free float setup. Um, more rail space for attachments such as like pack boxes, lights, uh, lasers. I think I saw somewhere that guys were having to chop down the front sights too because they didn't necessarily have those low profile gas blocks. Yeah. Plus if you run, if you want to run like a PQ, like a regular PEC 15, it's smacked up right against the, uh, the A2 site. Okay. So literally taking up everything. Um, so, so have we chopped the barrel yet at this point, or is this just different rails? Well, the MK18, right, the, the standard setup, it came in two different flavors, 10, 10.3, uh, 14.5 and 10.3. Okay. So, I mean, it, the size was there. Now, as far as things that come with chopping a barrel, there's obviously going to be some functionality differences, maybe some, um, full auto rate differences. I saw that they had to change out the, uh, the gas rings. Um, from like a th- the standard three ring setup to a one piece system, um, mm-hmm. and then they open the gas ports up a little bit too. Um, yeah, yeah. There's some different extractor springs, and they throw an O ring around the extractors, so it wasn't necessarily a just drop this upper right on your gun. Yeah, uh, and use the same bolt stuff. carrier. They actually did did a little bit to them to make sure they were reliable. Mm-hmm. So where'd they go from there? Was that in use for a while? And then they said, Hey, new stuff's on the market or it wasn't working out for them. Um, from what I was reading and from what I, it seemed like it all, it went all the way like late 2006. And then I believe they started seeing some changes with like accessories and whatnot. Later on, the, I, I could be wrong, but the you know, defense rail popped up and the whole program changed out. They changed out with the optics. They went with the EOTech and the elk inspector. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went with, you know, um, fold up sites, the, uh, Knights Ornament, MK18, MK12, which you'll see on there. Are those actually the same sites between the two yeah. systems? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I actually have them on my, uh, my MK12. Now you were telling me there's a little bit of difference between, um, what the setups look, look like depending on which unit you're deployed yeah. with. I noticed, like, with some pictures I've seen and whatnot, um, Rangers mostly use, like, a 14.5 with the Dan Defense uh, rail on it. I rarely see any pictures of them. I mean, maybe they are out there running around with a 10.3 barrel, but for the most most part, I see them with a uh, 14.5. Uh, I've seen SEALs running straight up just the 10.3. 
with the basic accessories on it. Mm-hmm. Looks like there's quite a few um, choices with the accessory kit. I'm not sure how it works if they just get like a bag full of goodies to choose from or if it's just these are the items that are stocked in the closest armory. I want to guess it's more mission dependent. Okay. Yeah, like, a, you know, whatever. So each guy them. might have a locker full of choices. Yeah, and Yeah, I'd imagine you get issued like, you know, the uh, the ACOG for long range stuff and same thing with the uh, Elkin. Um, I, the laser stuff has got to be standard, the peck, whatnot. Cool. Um, how about suppressors? I guess we haven't really talked about that too much. Yeah. Uh, the, the Knights Armament, there's a Knights Armament TSS NT4, which is still being used. And then there's the Surefire. Uh, the NT4 has been around since the, uh, the Mod Zero. It's still very much in use. No, is the Surefire um, like a more modern design? Is that a higher performance yeah, can? Or? It looks like, you know, I had a little mishap last weekend. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's pretty much, it's a pretty strong tank suppressor. Yeah. Um, mine launched off and blew, what, through a target and smashed in the mud. Yeah, I, I think imagine. you still got a good hit on that, uh, that target. Yeah. Wow, but the it, suppressor. Yeah. yeah, it was with a suppressor rather than a round. Yeah, so I mean, it, it it's a really strong can. I can imagine. I don't think the, uh, I mean, I don't know the knight's arm. I don't think it, it probably would have gotten pretty messed up. Yeah. So basically, what happened was it wasn't like the notch wasn't cut, quite dropped down and yeah, lo- locked I mean, in place enough. Stuck on there uh, prior to going out to the event, I kept loosening and taking it off, put it on, take it off, put it on. Apparently, like the last attempt, didn't really ratchet on. So it turned my can into a uh, a rocket. <laughs> so, well, cool. Um, what else can we say about this stuff? As far as I don't know, I'm I'm looking at all these extra thermal sights and night vision devices. I don't really know anything about those really, ones. I didn't dig much into those. I mean, like I said, I, I'd imagine those are definitely mission dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stuff is pretty old on the block one setup where you wouldn't see it in the block two. The PVS 24 could be, you know, very much still in use, but on a 14.5 platform as a clip on site. Um, I don't know much about the other stuff. I didn't really, even when I built my clone, I didn't go crazy on the attachments. I just did the, uh, the Eotech 551 and then I upgraded to the, uh, just a regular aimpoint mm-hmm. to save some weight. Tell me about the clone process. Is this something, obviously you're not going to have an M4 lower most of the time, a transferable M16A1 or something like that. But other than that, what are guys looking for when they're building their clones? Are there um, similar lowers. like law enforcement lowers that you can build yeah, from? 20s is it? It's the, uh, the law enforcement lower. Um, you're going to hunt down the MK12 sites, which are pretty much readily available now. A couple months ago, they were hard to get. Uh, you're going to have a hard time if you're building a, you know, the block two setup with a Dana Defense. It's nearly impossible to get the rail now. Oh, really? Because, uh, yeah, Dana Defense is, they're focusing on contracts. They're not producing anymore for the civilian market. Um, you can get the complete upper, but, you know, not everybody wants to peel out a grand for a whole upper. They would rather build it piece by piece and you know, save some money here and there. Hmm. 
But if you were to get it straight from them, you're basically looking at like, like that's a legit, uh, Mark 18 upper. Yeah, it's complete. I mean, it won't have the sights or anything, but it, you know, it's actual length 10.3 and, uh, comes your standard bird cage flash hider. And, you know, the regular M16 bolt with one in seven twist rate. Now I saw some guys, um, on YouTube that were doing builds and they were kind of talking about the, the stock and they were running with B5 stocks. Uh, they said that the SOP mod one was like impossible to get and crazy expensive. The old school crane stock or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. B5 would probably be your best bet. Um, there I've seen Marsock pictures, guys running around with just regular LE stocks on their, uh, setups. Okay. Um, those B5 ones, that's, that's the one that kind of has like the battery channels, one on each side? The, yeah, the B5, yep. For like CR123s or anything else. Okay. Cleaning kit or whatever. As far as innards, did they, like, did they get a bunch of Geisleys or something to drop into those, or is it real mil spec inside? Mil spec triggers. I mean, everybody's gonna build theirs differently. I think more they're, they're looking at the external, the look, you know, mm-hmm. if they can get it 100% close enough. Which you can, because, um, L3 released that, uh, civilian, uh, Pack 15. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you'll pretty much, you'll, you'll lock down the whole entire external look. But as far as triggers, I mean, you're looking at a complete Colt lower, which just comes with a mil spec trigger system. Okay. And when you're looking at the flashlights and stuff like that, is this all pretty available stuff or is it, um, like military sales only? Or I guess it's just the lasers uh-huh. that are kind of restricted. Well, yeah, you're not going to find any lasers unless you, you know, you hunt around and end up getting in trouble for that probably, most definitely. Available <laughs> for us. Um, I've seen the inside technology, uh, the gun lights, like mm-hmm. the regular incandescent ones in, on eBay and whatnot. I have yet to find one with an LED head, which is like, what, a 200 lumen light. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty bright. Yeah, the incandescent ones are a little, yeah, they're pretty weak. A little lame compared to, the state yeah. of the art nowadays. But if you're going for just a look and whatnot, I mean, that'll do. The old school surefires, I mean, you see them here and there. I mean, you can still get those, the 952s and whatnot. Uh, rear sights are readily available too. And that's the uh, 600 meter Knights Armament. Is that the kind of like a barrel post looking thing that twists? For the rear sight? Yeah. That's a flip up. Yeah. I kind of like the look of that uh chopped down carry handle one. Yeah, well, it depends. With the front sight and everything, the mod zero. It seemed like it would get in the way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty bulky. Yeah, I didn't know if it was something that would actually go and pop on mine. Well, cool. Yeah, I've done a um kind of a similar build. It, I wasn't really trying to clone anything. I was just looking for a good SBR. Ended up getting a 11 and a half inch, um, from Daniel Defense. And I mean, I haven't had any issues with it at all. I run it suppressed, unsuppressed. When it's unsuppressed, I mean, it's a flamethrower. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> have, yeah, like, have you run years yeah. without the can much? Oh yeah. Last weekend, a uh, buddy of mine, he's, he actually has a, a surefire and can jail right now. I wanted to try mine out. I haven't shot mine unsuppressed in like ages and I'm just, wow. <laughs> Yeah, it'll knock a couple things loose. <laughs> your nasal cavity moving. I mean, I don't see why <laughs> someone would want to shoot unsuppressed after shooting. 
Yeah, so these might be nice that they're so short and compact when you're doing VBSS or whatever, but without a can, it'd be a little obnoxious. Uh, you know, it brings up a good question about the 10.3 versus the 11. Like, a lot of people say that 10.3 isn't reliable suppressed. Oh, really? And I find it hard to believe because if, if it was, if it wasn't reliable, then why is the military using it? Right, right. So, I mean, it's, you know, even though it's not much of a length-wise, um, it's still good to have, uh, you know, if you the can on there, you're, you're shaving off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine's 11-inch. I mean, uh, I definitely want to go a 10.3. You'd prefer the shorter? Yeah. I'd like to bring it in as close as possible. Yeah. Now, do you have issues with the rails at that point and getting the can to screw down when it's so close to the end of the rail? Or does it, is it designed to work? I heard with the, uh, the Surefire is not a problem, but uh, I don't know with anything else. I mean, yeah. You know, with the advanced armament, I'd imagine it's probably pretty, pretty close. With the way the can, the back of it, how it kind of like bevels. Yeah, it would probably would. I don't know. You have to look. All right. Well, um, I think we kind of covered the basics of the Mark 18 there. Yeah. Is there, uh, is there any like modern equivalent? Have they moved forward past this into another SBR? rifle caliber sort of thing? Are they chopping scars down? Is there anything like that that's been taken over? No, I mean, I still see a lot of that. I don't. The, I tried the whole uh, research on the scar thing, and it seemed like it was a failed program. Mm. Like it was in its trials and everything. Right. Hmm. Well, I, I yeah, bet they'll be like using that. this for a while then. Uh, yeah, it looks like it. Pretty golden standard. Cool. Well, um, what else you got coming up? You working on any other builds or anything that you, uh, any other cl- clones that are out there that you want to put together? I'd like to put like an old school, like uh MP5 SD together. Probably we'll do that in the fall. Nice. Nice. Uh, it's coming you know, around the stock. We're talking like old school with the flashlight, like hanging down below the suppressor. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's, it's like possible. the flashlight held on by, like, like uh, tube twisty wrap things. Yep, exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, I've already built the MK12. So, yeah, I really can't see anything else. I'm not a fan of uh, the uh, umps or anything. Mm-hmm. So, well, cool. Um, I have a little bit of advanced word here that we've got somebody who is involved in the Mark 12 program um, that might be interested in coming on the show here in the next couple weeks. So definitely look forward to that. Um, I know it's something that you researched a lot before you put your build together um, mm-hmm. for the, the longer range sort of program. Um, seems like the, the military has tried to stretch the 5.56 as much as they can, whether it's real short range vehicle sort of stuff or stretching it out as more of a DM gun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why we're here. The AR podcast uh, will look at kind of both ends of the spectrum and hopefully get a cool perspective on the guys who actually worked on the program and and brought this thing to market, per se. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your Huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. 
We started a game we never got to finish. <coughs> Play for blood. Remember? I was just fooling about. I wasn't. Say when. Show Johnny Ringo who's boss with Patriot Patch Company's Huckleberry Patch. A must-have for any range bag. Pre-order yours today at PatriotPatch.co. Next up here, I need to announce our Otis winner. We have uh, one from August 9th here on Sunday. We did the drawing, and it's Joe L. Um, I'm going to go for it. It's Lautenschläger is uh, Joe's last name. We have gotten in touch with him on Facebook to get his address and throw him in the pool uh, for the giveaway. Um, like like I say, when I email you guys about the, the shipping, Reed kind of collects them over the course of a couple weeks and then blasts everything out at once. So might be a little bit here before it shows up at your doorstep, but, uh, don't worry. Otis, uh, their, their stuff, it was a mountain of, um, giveaway materials that Reed's been slowly picking away at and, uh, there's still plenty more to come. So just like you've been seeing on Facebook, we've been putting up these posts just about every week, uh, where you can get a chance to win by sharing, liking the, the post. Uh, it's a way for us to reach some new people and let them know about the show and uh, a great way for us to get in touch with you guys and, and hear what you like about the show and what you want to hear about. So keep in touch that way and uh, look forward to the one coming up in Christmas where we give away a whole MSR cleaning kit. Um, this week, feedback, we don't have any specific um pieces of email that we received, but there has been some interest that Reed passed along to me from guys that are interested in helping out on the show here, whether it's in a guest host or a part-time host sort of position or doing some of the production uh, in the background here. Um, there's actually a lot of guys that are involved in this that you don't hear from on a weekly basis, and uh, we could definitely use some extra help on that end. Um, so get in touch if you are interested in helping out at the network here. Uh, Reed's going to be following up with you guys that have already reached out, so we're so thankful for that. And uh, remember to send us any questions or comments to feedback at ar15podcast.com. You can also leave us a recorded voicemail on the website. Subscribe and listen to us for free uh, in iTunes or Stitcher, and make sure you leave a review there too. Um, keep sharing your pictures with us over on Instagram at ar15podcast, or just throw a hashtag in there with our name. Um, Follow us on Google Plus to watch us live. Uh, we're we're going to lock down a regular schedule here at some point, and uh, we'll let you guys know when we go live next time. And uh, check us out over on YouTube where you can watch a video recording of the show and sometimes a couple little clips from the range when we get to try some stuff out. We're obviously over on Facebook where you'll see our giveaway posts on a regular basis. And make sure to check out the other great podcasts on the FRN. Uh, we're only one of the shows that's there. And there's a whole bunch of other ones on all sorts of different topics, all things firearms. Don't forget to use our Brownells affiliate link for all your AR parts at ar15podcast.com slash parts. And for everything else, visit Amazon uh, with our affiliate link at firearmsradio.tv slash Amazon. Well, Natter, really appreciate your input here on the Mark 18 show. Um, it's it's definitely been a fun um, 
kind of gun to, to look into, see all the options out there and see, um, how accessible it is to enthusiasts like you and me, uh, that don't get handed these, uh, for free. Um, but we kind of look around <laughs> for the parts and, um, are able to put together something that our military, uh, sees as, uh, an effective <clears throat> fighting arm. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's one of those cool ways for us to, um, see, see what the military is up to and, and, uh, what goes into the whole process of sending a, uh, a gun out the door to be used. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you again later, man. Yeah, man. See you next time. See ya. does one maintain freedom? That's a question our founding fathers pondered over 200 years ago. They believed the solution was in our Constitution and its amendments. We exercise the freedom of speech every day here at FRN, along with the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Preserving freedom. We believe the Second Amendment could possibly be that one amendment that protects all the rest. Help us to preserve America as a shining light on the hill. We do our part by providing entertainment and information that supports the Second Amendment every day. Preserving freedom. What do you believe? Get involved. Show your support at patreon.com frn. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.